Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Thursday morning, September 26, 2019. This is it for Thursday shows. The playoffs start next week. We plan to have a Monday show. He is Tristan. I am Eric, and Troy Farkas pushes all the right buttons today. Thanks to Troy for stepping up this season. On today's fine show, one more weekend, and we aim to prepare fantasy managers for it. Go through the schedule day by day, plus the uh, the requisite sounds of combo meals, closer carouseling, and more myriad hash browns than ever, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Monday's show, Tristan's top 300 rankings were posted today, along with my top 20. See, he does 300, I do 20. This is why he wins the leagues, <laughs> and I finish in second, because he goes in-depth to get a top 300, and I'm like, I'm just so lazy, man. I'll just do 20, and that's enough, and I'll get more criticism. I don't, I don't think that's a problem. <laughs> this is, this is my equivalent of organizing all of the bills in your wallet the right direction and in proper order. This well, it's about time you do that. It's about time. <laughs> oh, I don't do that. I'm just saying that the top 300 but you is should. the ratings equivalent. <laughs> I can, I can, I literally don't need to open my eyes to reach into my wallet and know where each credit card and dollar bill is. You, you don't even know where your wallet is. That's a problem. That's a problem. I, you'll be pleased to know that when I was counting a large stack of bills this past weekend, and I did actually put them in order. And not only that, I had all the faces going the same direction. They have to be. They have to be. When you're counting it, yeah, I just I can't count unless they're all exactly in the right order. Yeah, yeah. We need world order, and that means the bills have to be in order and facing the same direction, and something's wrong with me. But something's wrong with you, too. You the wallet want to needs to be a mess. Come Where, on. Where'd you get all the money for, uh, from winning your leagues? You got all this money from winning all your leagues, didn't you? Hey, the season's not over yet. <laughs> for the you, season's not for over. You and it, for me, it actually is. It's pretty darn um, close to being over for me, too. Yeah, what a weird season it was for me. Like, I don't know. All right, anyway. It's an unusual year. It's an unusual I'm I'm kind of disappointed that there's really one playoff spot left to go. Yeah, I mean, and Cleveland basically needs to win out at Washington this weekend. They could. They, they could. could. They're not going to. I don't think I mean, look, I didn't think the Cubs were going to lose every game for, you know, a week plus either. And what the Brewers have done without Yelich. Yeah. I mean, is just incredible. Kudos so, to them. Kudos to their manager. I mean, Brent Suter, if I had picked him up in a league, I'd have, what, three, four wins by now? Like, <laughs> yeah. none of the starters are going five innings. Yeah. yeah. I mean, kudos to a manager who's like, I don't care what the players want. I want to get to the playoffs. That's basically what he's doing, and they're buying in. And I appreciate I I think that should be commended. And they, they still have a shot at the division, which I think is pretty – it's amazing to think they've got a shot at the division. Well, it's a lot of fun. Let's get right to it. Here's the buzz. All right, so I guess a little bit briefly here, let's talk about anything interesting that you have noticed over the past couple days since our last show. Uh, could be somebody doing something special. Basically, about I guess about picking up for now this weekend, like John Birdie of Miami had a four stolen base game, right? Um, Austin Hayes, the Baltimore uh, rookie outfielder, yep. uh, didn't just make an awesome catch against Vlad. He's hitting yep. and running. Yep. Um, Garrett Hampson stealing bases for the Rockies. They're at home this weekend. Yep. Anything else you can glean that can help fantasy managers down the stretch? Yeah, the the one you had mentioned was Hayes, who stuck, uh, who who 
<laughs> stood out to me. Uh, yeah. I, the other one, too, Tommy Edmond. Uh, Tommy Edmond was another guy because Birdie, uh, when I was doing those ranks for 2020, the, the, he, I was trying to decide exactly what I should do with him. Edmond was another one. Edmonds playing multiple positions for the Cardinals is a four-position eligible player, short, second, third, and outfield. And because I mentioned before that the Brewers do have a shot at taking the division and the Cardinals had the two disappointing losses now on the road, uh, it is possible he's going to be a key piece this weekend. Brad Miller with a couple home runs yesterday. He's going to play all weekend for Philadelphia. And, They're and out of it. In, and an injection in that game, too, so if you get points for those. Uh, who gets points for ejections? I'd like to know. Um yeah, we got to do it like hockey for the uh, the goons minutes. I want to do a hockey league. I, I have one, and I don't like it. I want to do another one. Oh, actually, you know what? I'll throw the Brewers guy, Trent Grisham, who we mentioned on the show. Yes, the other day. he's playing. Course, he's yeah. obviously playing every day there at Coors Field. Any other Brewers here? Obviously, you don't want any of their pitchers. But um, uh, Eric Thames, because of the right-handed heavy nature of the Rockies pitching staff. Now, I mean, they do have Kyle Freeland in there, but that doesn't scare me. Okay, so that's the batters. We'll get to the pitchers and their schedule, but any pitchers that you've noted over the past couple days here, generally the top guys, you don't want Randy Dobnak, but anybody who's done so well, probably they might not be starting again. Like, Granky's not starting again. Um, So we'll just go through the schedule here. Uh, any close, well, we'll get to the closers a little bit later as well. Let's just move on then. Um, because I, you know, I don't want to get too much into the pitchers because I want to do that a little bit later. And then on hitters, like, let's do combo meals right now and then we'll get to the rest. All right, we got five of them, and uh, there's a couple names here that people might not know. Anthony Alford on Monday, Evan Longoria, you know him. Austin Hayes also with Longoria on Tuesday. Kyle Tucker, who I think could be great next season. And Randy Arazarena, who stole home and then homer two innings later. Um, he is on what team? Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Cardinal. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah. Um, I don't have him on any teams. Though. Yeah, the, the the Cardinals are are getting a couple of fill in guys. You know, stepping into a, a, a few certain positions, and he's one of them. Who's the the first baseman one? Sosa's been been filling in for them a little bit lately, and uh, Ron Hell Ravello. <laughs> Ravello, who looks like the next Luke Voigt, right? I mean, he just looks like he can hit, or Rowdy Telez. I think it's hard to know. When you have a, a first baseman like that who can't really play anywhere else wow. and has power. Well, Luke Ford, I just say that because the Cardinals had him. And then, yeah. he, and then yeah. he really bulked up, and now he's hitting home runs. Um, you never know with a first baseman. Like, look at the year that um, the Brewer guy had who's now in the Rays, whose name escapes me, Jorge. Hey, Jesus Aguilar. Aguilar. Like, that came out of nowhere, and then he went back to obscurity. So, you know, Christian Walker, who I pegged right, but, you know, next year, will Arizona go with him at first base? They may not. Yeah, you know, Walker could end up being the Aguilar of next year, which he could absolutely or he could be the Aguilar of last year. Um, I find it hard to believe he'll get a lot better than he was this year. But it's but, a little Aguilar-ish with the way that he emerged on the scene. And, and Aguilar I, did have that very good 2018. And now this is the disappointment. Aguilar had a much better season last year. Than oh, yeah. Walker had this year. I mean, Aguilar slugged like five fifty something or more. But did um, Walker have a better year this year than Aguilar had in twenty seventeen when he broke through? That yeah. would be the the comp to me. So I'm so excited about Kyle Tucker for next year. Now we'll get to your rankings on Monday's show, and I, even I, Jordan Alvarez, man, you have him at thirty one. We'll get to that on Monday. Kyle Tucker, like, how much do you like him? Because he's a base stealer, and that's that's very intriguing. I'm I'm not saying he's going to go thirty thirty. But I don't think he's going to do what happened with 
um, Jock Peterson, who was 30-30 in his final year in the minor leagues, and then was like, got to the majors, like, I don't need to run anymore, so I won't. Kyle yeah. Tucker's going to run next year. He's performing quite well. He's playing a lot, and that's, you know, in part because the Astros only have locking up home field advantage, which I think they're they're very likely to get that at this stage. Uh, seven starts in the past ten games for the Astros. He's filling the stolen base category for you in fantasy. I, I'd say you need to be starting him this weekend because you should start, if not all the games, then maybe all but one. Um, he's also postseason eligible, if I'm not mistaken. He is. Uh, I I love your Kyle Tucker ranking. Um, that's fantastic. I I'm I want to be optimistic about him it because is. the way that he fills the traditional roto categories, we need to be optimistic this far out. Austin Hayes, didn't we draft him like two years ago <laughs> in leagues? Yeah, Austin Hayes was the guy, remember, uh, that was the, the, the speculative prospect I picked up in the, the Sim League, and then I had to trade him trying to go for So give me, he's not work. really a base dealer. He didn't show a lot of power in the minors either, so should we be excited about him? Yes, because let's remember that, that one of the problems in the past two years was just the injuries. Injuries took a chunk out of his uh, progression to the majors, and he did show a decent amount of pop with a little bit of speed this year in AAA. The problem I have with him is just I'd like to see more walks. I'd like to see more patience at the plate. I think there's going to be some inconsistency. Can you believe that a guy with 13 walks and 106 strikeouts is going to win a batting title? His BABIP is 402, Tim Anderson. Mm-hmm. But, and I, yeah, I was wrong. I didn't think he would hit 330 all season long. He's doing, he's going to win the batting title. Mm-hmm. How does a guy with that plate discipline, I mean, I guess you just answer Babbitt. That's how it happened. If his Babbitt is 320, he bats 275, right? He's going to be the majors leader in batting. He's going to win the, ba- yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, amazing what he has done. But I'm also seeing a trend here where guys just swing at the first pitch a lot. And if the fir- first pitch is a, is a gimme fastball, like Scott Kingery's batting 400 on the first pitch of an at-bat, and, which makes me wonder why doesn't he swing more on the first pitch? I mean, Tim Anderson is like a little bit like this, but a lot of luck. Mm-hmm. Like, what is Tim, a- Tim Anderson batted 100 points less last season. Yeah. We give can't the, project 270. The, yeah, bat, the over-under for batting average. 270? Two, yeah, I was going to throw 268 and see what you thought. Yeah, that's, I mean... What, what are you taking, thinking? over-under? Under? I, I, like, BABIP to me, it doesn't have to even out during a season, but it generally does from season to season, doesn't it? 402 is unusually high, and I mean... I think people are, are looking for us to give some shred of credit to what Tim Anderson has done this year. The big problem I have with him is that if you look at the quality of contact, nothing stands out as exceptional. It, I'm not trying to say he's had a bad year or he's completely undeserving that he should be a 239 hitter, but there's a lot in the metrics that say he's got 50-plus points of batting average to get back. 50-plus. Oh, yeah, at least. Um, I guess we should do a closer carousel here. I'm not sure what we'll talk about, but let's uh, hear the music anyway. The Closer Carousel. All right. Anything happening here that you think is interesting? Uh, any saves to be gleaned this final four days of the season? Um, and then we'll get to keepers as well. Like, I don't think any closers are good keepers. In an ESPN league, like, if you're keeping five, mm-hmm. I would not keep Josh Hader, who you ranked way too high, by the way. Um, but, like... We can get into the closer thing. That's ridiculous. Top like. 50 closer? No way. No uh, way. There's, a, there's a, pre- a premium to be paid for established closers. The, um, the bottom tier is truly horrendous. Truly horrendous. You well, try and... Re- I wouldn't give me, say give horrendous. I would it's say... Horrendous. I, I, horrendous isn't the right word. It's unclear. And horrendous. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> I like you're unclear. Okay, Jose uh, yeah, I'll be is horrendous. Fair. Is Jose, Jose Leclerc is not horrendous, Tristan? He might be he's like the not, number fifteen he's closer. Yeah, he's and that's probably the thing. fifteen. That's the thing. I said twenty. He's not twenty. He's Hector Neris is horrendous. Hector Neris is above twenty. I mean, I want to see your uh, Ian Kennedy. Oh, Ian Kennedy can't be their closer next year. Yeah, Ian Kennedy is. I'm not sure what to do with Ian Kennedy for next year. Joe Jimenez. I mean, he might be twenty. That's horrendous. I don't think it's horrendous. He could find his way into a Brad Boxberger like thirty saves next year with a four ERA. He, he could. That's that not team, horrendous. That team is horrendous. All right. I mean, I'll take a step back from the word. You're right. It's it's strong. I shouldn't be going that far. The lack of clarity is a major problem this far out. There's. I'd have to say that the bottom fifteen closers in MLB are more unclear right than now ever, going yes. to than ever. Yes. Yeah. I will give you that. That the bad teams like we don't know what. If Jose Arrena is Miami's closer, what Baltimore will do. I'll just say this, like, there's some middle of, middle tier depth here that I'll be focusing on. Mark Melanson will be Atlanta's closer. I'll be fine with him in round 15. Uh, Razel Glacius will slip because everybody looks at his ERA and the loss is fine with him. Um, Alex Colomay, not a huge strikeout guy, but if you can get him in round 18, Hector Neris probably closing again for the Phillies. Colomay will definitely go before round 18. Okay. I don't think there's any chance he lasts that long? Maybe, maybe. Um, I'm, I, I'm thinking that a lot of the, the top 15 guys, just because of the clarity today, when we look at the early drafts that happen in the 2019 calendar year, these players will be gone by round. 15. So Hader, Yates, Chapman. Yep. Can you make a case for any other closer as a as a relatively decent keeper? Mm. I can't. No, not the way that I play closers. If you want to try and have the Brad Hand or Rice Iglesias conversations, all right. But I I think it's smarter to go elsewhere. Uh, and then briefly, any saves for this weekend? Jairo Diaz, it's at home against a good Brewers team. It's a no. Chicago, we still don't know what the Cubs are doing. I doubt it's Kimbrell. Why would you throw him again? Like you're already eliminated. Embarrassing. Right. Why right. would you keep using him? Um, Urena is Miami's closer, and they have un- – Unreal success against the Phillies. The Phillies didn't miss the playoffs because they kept losing to the Marlins, but it didn't help. Urania might get a save or two this weekend, probably will. Couple of the series matchups ones, Archie Bradley, who's been a great closer lately, three home games against San Diego, that stacks up well in the matchups uh, angle. Four games for the Red Sox, one of them is in Texas, three home Baltimore, so you could get a Brandon Workman save. If you got to dig in there, Keanu uh, Kale is clearly Pittsburgh's closer this weekend. Colome is probably the best closer choice for the rest of the week okay. because he has five games for Detroit. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. All right. Now this from our friends at SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It is as if they're so big they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more! SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. Why is SeatGeek better than the rest? Well, a quick look at the App Store shows over 50,000 five-star reviews. How's that for customer satisfaction? It's just a better process. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web, and then it rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. Finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map. SeatGeek breaks down the details for you. Green dots mean good deals. Red dots are overpriced. And every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. And by the way, we all have the SeatGeek app on our cell phones, and it's by far the fastest and easiest way to find tickets. Tristan and I each use the app this season to buy tickets to a baseball game. And let me tell you, 
good food was consumed. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use the promo code, download the SeatGeek app today, and use promo code FFB for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code FFB for $10 off on your first purchase. All right, let's look at the schedule here and see if we can glean anything to help people. Day games on Thursday that you might have already missed because of the timing of the show. But later in the day, um, anybody that's – I guess we'll go day by day. Any streamers here? Anybody you want to avoid? Any, like, pitch limits like the Dodgers are going to do all weekend? Um, you tell me, looking at the schedule, anything that uh, – that Sean Manai, you got to – I don't know how he can be available in any leagues. He's at mm-hmm. Seattle. That's a no-hit possibility there. What the A's are doing is interesting from the aligning of the playoff rotation angle. In Manaya's case, I wonder whether, because this is kind of a gimme matchup for him, they do put him on some sort of pitch limit. Uh, Aaron Savali getting the Chicago game, because these games are essential, I think they're going to try and squeeze as much as they can out of him. Uh, I can't really go with Jordan Yamamoto. I do think he'll be on a pitch limit, probably. Why would they bring him back? Wasn't he just off the DL? I, I think that, and I forget which pitcher and which team this was. Somebody had said that it was a confidence builder for them to attempt to get in a start. It might have been, um, it might have been Taiwan Walker, actually. That's ridiculous. Why would it be a confidence builder? What if he gets lit? I, I don't understand, like, baseball and their, their thinking. A confidence builder to bring a guy back for one outing. Like, it's going to make a difference for his offseason? It, on. It's possible that the game action is relevant to the player as opposed to just working off a mound. That maybe just forcing themselves to get up to game speed mattered. I, having not been a player, I don't know. I can't judge that. More innings today: Tyler Beatty or Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. I, let's, I think Kershaw. Uh, do you like Dylan Cease? I was asked about. Um, I was comparing. I was asked to compare Dylan Cease uh, and Mitch Keller. Yeah. For the symposium in Arizona Fall League, and I yep. didn't think it was close and then i looked it up and i was like i still don't think it's close i want the nl guy but do you like Dylan cease against cleveland i i don't know um you don't know or you don't no i don't comma, comma, no, no. <laughs> I, do, I don't i don't approve of him for this one i think he's an interesting prospect uh i think he's falling into that early lucas giolito career that's good though crisis. oh you mean that's bad oh early. that is horrible yeah but because- as a investor in a dynasty format you want cease is what you're saying. I'm not sure that I do. The The problem with this is is these guys very often show a very lengthy adjustment period. I mean, we're talking often 50 career starts before they fully get it right. He might sooner than that. Friday, catch uh, on ESPN2 at 8 p.m. Eastern, the Cubs out of it and the Cardinals in it. Dakota Hudson is on the mound, apparently, for the Cardinals. And I texted you about this. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. He is dead last in war on fan graphs, Dakota Hudson with his 16 wins and good flashy ERA, but that whip is hideous. That's a bad whip. That's all. That's where you use the word horrible or whatever word you <laughs> horrendous. use. Horrendous. Horrendous. <laughs> that whip is horrendous. Um, He's been very good this year. But has he? Yeah. Like, that's my point. Like, that has whip Trevor, is a killer. Was Trevor Williams very good last year? Yeah, but Trevor Williams had like a 120 whip. This is a awful whip. You can't tell me that Dakota Hudson has been excellent. He's not in the top... Oh, he hasn't been excellent. He has, no. All right, Dakota Hudson, see, I'm going to argue with you now. Dakota okay. Hudson is not among the top 50 starting pitch, not among the top 100 starting pitchers. No, that's not right. I'm looking at last seven. All right, let me do it again. <laughs> all right. By the way, he's no longer the he's last number 46, guy in... though. Among, he's our, he's among, the number 46 starting pitcher on ESPN's uh, player despite all those wins in that ERA. Pretty good considering the price he paid for him. 
I don't think he's been a great player, but I mean, that's the other one, too. If we're going to take the entirety of the season, we take the entirety of Trevor Williams season. And I could tell you that he was probably not far away. But I think this is and Kyle Freeland. Kyle Freeland's another good example from last year. Freeland and Williams didn't have 150 whips. That's my issue here. Is yeah, like okay, okay. Like they okay. Was, they both had strong ERA and whips. This is a 140 whip. That's just way too. Just high. to give people the the comparison. He, by the way, he's not last in Fangraphs WAR anymore because there's another guy who snuck in as a qualifier. You say Kikuchi, he's last. Okay. But the three around him are Jay Happ, Mike Leake, you say Kikuchi. So when everybody hears what those three have done around Dakota, Dakota Hudson and Forecaster, by the way, says that start that you mentioned Friday is a league average fantasy start. Oh yeah, I think he's going to be overrated next year. By far. That's my point. Um, other pitchers for Zach Plesak on ESPN Plus at Washington. Ugh. Washington's still trying to win, and that offense is really good, even if they sit one guy. You know? So I, uh, I'm i going to say no to Zach Plesak. Sorry. Washington's um, got the one-game lead in the wild card. I don't – I'll have to look it up what the – They're playing everybody. Is. They're playing everybody, and they should. You want they the won't game. play. They won't play Scherzer on Sunday. I do not see that happening. No, we'll get to Sunday. Uh, Jose Urquidy is Houston's starter for Friday at the Angels. That's a terrible Angels lineup without Trout and everybody. Uh, Urquidy, I saw this quote from the GM. He's going to be in Houston's rotation next year. This is a guy you pick up now in a keeper league. It's got to be a deeper keeper league. You're not keeping him as one of your five. But if we know Urquidy is going to be like their number four or five starter next season, mm-hmm. which he could be, I mean, that's a boon. you got to pick him up right now in leagues. I would agree with that. He's got a very strange game log granted at the major league level so far. But the on the whole, the six starts he's had have been pretty good. And I do like the skill set. I agree with you. I think that's a good stash. Um, I agree. Yes. Um, what else? Uh, Nate Valdi at home against Baltimore. He went six innings in his last outing. So I think i got to buy in on this. Right? Um, yeah, Baltimore home game. Sure. Why not? Um, Johnny Cueto at home against the Dodgers. You in? He'll throw six innings. Yeah, yeah. Not the I, best guy. Disclafani at Pittsburgh, better better streamer. Um, who else is a better streamer? I guess Fulton Evans prob- probably shouldn't be out there in any leagues anymore. I, I, the, the pitch limit, granted, is a problem, but Tyler yes. Glass now. Love him. Okay. Uh, moving on to Saturday now. ESPN Plus has the uh, Red Sox hosting the Orioles. John Means, who might finish third in AL Rookie of the Year voting over Vlad. Means had a better year. You know, I mean, just means had a very good year. You buying for next year though? You can't. He Not couldn't. Really. I mean, look, he couldn't have been among your top fifty starters. No, 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 no. Okay. He was. He made the He's cut. Eighty-eight. <laughs> he, what? He's down with Jay Happ and Zach Eflin. Oh, on the player radar? No, on your rankings. On oh, my rankings. Yeah, that's what I thought. He made the cut. Okay, but you don't you start know. him. Even if Boston sits JD Martinez and Mookie Betts, I still don't start John Means on Saturday. Um, sorry. Well, yeah, not sorry. Why would I? Why would I be sorry? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just telling you what I think. You Darvish might strike out fifteen Cardinals on Saturday. What does he have to lose? Yeah, there um, you go. Right, right when it doesn't make a difference. No, yeah, he pitched well. He Look, did. Give him well. credit. The last he three did. months. I mean, Tim Anderson and you Darvish are two players on the top of my. I, I didn't expect them to continue this list. Yeah, and they did. They did. Do you do you think that Darvish has earned himself a place back in the top twenty-five starters next year? <sighs> I I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to either, but I do think he's earned it. Um, you did not. You put him thirty-two. That feels about right. There's right, probably then some. I, then I change at the last minute. <laughs> well, there's probably some guys ahead of him. Like I would put him ahead of Herman Marquez of Rockies. 
Um, yeah, I put yeah, him, yeah. I, th- I think we had, I don't know what Carlos Carrasco is going to, oh, my shirt came in. My cookie shirt came in on Carlos Carrasco. Nice. It's really big. It would fit you. It's really, it's like, <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I, I don't mean it like that. <laughs> Just saying. It's bigger than my turkey leg shirt, huh? <laughs> it, it's probably bigger than your turkey leg <laughs> grease shirt. I, I'm going to wear my Carrasco shirt at the AFL. Oh, um, I love it. I love it. <laughs> But you know what? When I look at the guys you ranked ahead of Darvish, you're right. I mean, there's not. Too, I can't find anybody that I would take out. I mean, right. Severino should be ahead of him. Ryu has earned it. Um, Carrasco, I just don't know. Eduardo Rodriguez did break out like you expected, although he didn't really deserve that win the other day. You know, you have seven. Year, though. He did have a very good year. It's a lot of wins, though. But like, I don't know what the Red Sox look like next year. JD Martinez could be gone. Mookie, mm-hmm. they might trade. Um, anyway, more on the schedule here as we move it along. Um, yeah, that's it for Saturday. Trevor Bauer, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> are you using Ronaldo Lopez at home against Detroit? By the way, when I mentioned a minute yeah, ago I guess but, you have to. about Chicago's, Detroit also is in a similar situation. They also have the five games. So Joe Jimenez, when we're talking about closers, but yeah. Ronaldo, the way he's pitched lately, do you yeah. trust him? Yeah, well, trust is a strong word, but I do think against the Tigers' offense, it's awful. He got hit hard by the Tigers just his last start. That's the only thing that worries me a bit. He's been um, bad lately. He's He's been bad, and maybe he's hurt, and we have no idea. Um, Sunday, every game starts within a 10-minute range, which I love. I wish yes. my, more of my fantasy leagues, I, I had something to watch here. I wish um, there was more at stake on Sunday than there will be this year. Mm, steak. Maybe I'll make steak. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I, yeah, I mean, I, I lost labor. I finished second. Eh, pick on me all you want, people. I, I tried. Uh, but the other guy had a better team. <laughs> so, like, on Sunday, I will not be refreshing the standings in NL Labor. Congrats to Derek Van Riper. He won the league. Um, other pitchers here to watch on Sunday of interest. I guess Tanner Rourke. Oakland still trying to win. They're at Seattle. Seattle's bad. Alex Young, the rookie at home against San Diego. San Diego's bad. Where's Oakland's? Oakland's got a two-game lead on it, so the game might not matter. But the fact that they threw Roark in there, I agree they'll probably use him a lot because he's not at the front of their playoff rotation. And he's also not a guy that gets hurt. He's very durable, So, and he's going in like game four for them in the playoffs. And he gets an unreal low rate of quality starts. We talked about that I, this year. What do we expect from Verlander and Cole this weekend? Because I, why Verlander would you... Got to be on a pitch limit. I don't know why they're pitching him on Saturday. I mean, did that make any sense to you? Well, I mean, 50 pitches, you know, for both guys. That's fine. I just, like, are they trying to get, isn't one of them already a 20 and the other can get there? Like, are they really trying to get Garrett Cole's 20th win? Like, that, that's ridiculous. You, you, now I think you, it's the Cy Young, so that could make a difference. I, it I shouldn't. It, it shouldn't, shouldn't make a difference could. that one guy wins 20 and the other guy wins 19. That's ridiculous, and you know this. Um, but I will say this, uh, I don't think Cole or Verlander get the chance to go more than five innings this weekend. Why would I'd they? agree. I think they're going to be capped at that. And I mean, yeah, going back to that thing about the tiebreaker, the magic number is one. The Astros yeah. already have the tiebreaker over the Yankees. So if you want to talk about number one seed, which would be throughout the playoffs, Houston either needs a win or a Yankee loss one. That's it. And I would love to see Mike Clevenger at Max Scherzer on Sunday, but I doubt we see either pitcher at this point. Oh, I think we'll see Clevenger. Yeah, I think they're going to be eliminated by then. They're going to be eliminated. Uh, I, 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 I don't I'm know. I'm not sure. Washington's really good. Like, I just don't see them taking all three games against Washington, and they almost have to win out. Yeah, they, they do pretty anyway, much have to. Yeah, that sure. is the first half of our final Thursday show, and now we hear some music and read your hash browns. 
All right, let's let's try to get to as many as we can here. There's only a couple here, but I'm going to just go on Twitter and find some more. There's plenty um, on there. Yeah. Steve writes, let's assume nothing changes with the baseball. I'm not assuming that. I, I the, What happened yesterday, the commissioner basically said they know something's wrong with the baseball. They're going to change the baseball. Do I'm, we know the date of that interview? This was a discussion we had for the prep for the first pitch. It, whether it's conference. yesterday or three weeks ago doesn't matter. The commissioner is going to get the baseball changed. It's not going to be as lively. We're not going to have everybody hitting 40 home runs next year. I don't I, think. I think the timing does – there's there's a context of the timing there. Well, it, If that interview happened a while back, then that to me suggests there could have been something already been put in place. And oh, I yeah. don't know. I'm, I'm, i got to read a little bit more into this. We're going to have the whole – I mean the, the entire segment is pretty much on that and what we think and what we theorize is going to happen with the ball next year. So let's answer his question best we can. Let, let, he's assuming nothing changes. What is your general draft strategy for Roto? Do you get an ace, multiple aces, fade pitching for elite hitters, stolen bases? It's, it's basically the crux of my argument in my top 20 today where I don't have Mike Trout number one is he's just not stealing enough bases anymore. Mm-hmm. If you're going to steal the same amount of bases as Raphael Devers, then how can I have you number one? Right. And, and why wouldn't Devers be right there? So, I mean, that's my – but what's, let's see what you say. You win leagues. Let's go with that. <laughs> well, you know, I mean – <laughs> I just drive this bus. You answer the questions. And, I, and I'm riding the bandwagon seat? Whatever. <laughs> what do you got? I mean, you were you I, did a top I liken 300, it. though, so you should answer this question over me. I All only right. did top 20. I, I liken it to <laughs> – yeah, I'll tell you this. It was really fun ranking that 97th outfielder. Um, <laughs> Let me see who it was. I, I'm, yeah, I'm curious now. Um, Gregory Polanco, you win the prize. Oh, right. Way to go. Come on down, Gregory Polanco. What is wrong with you? How can you have him over Brett Gardner? Something's wrong with you. Oh, I can definitely have him over. I don't know what Brett Gardner's role is going to be next year. I don't care. I was just trying to to be funny. He could retire, too. That's the. Why would he retire? All right. Answer the question. Yeah. All right. I'm going to liken it here to quarterbacks in football. When everybody's doing it, Everybody's putting up big numbers. Everybody's awesome. Yeah, you can wait, but you can't ignore it. Don't be lazy about it. Don't just assume there's tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of homers here. I can get mine in the 15th, 16th round. round. But I'm with you, Eric. I think that you need to get the guys who contribute pop, but also give you some steals. If you got a guy giving you zero... I'm not spending that kind of pick on you in the first three rounds. Yeah, yeah. And, And I wrote this, like, I'm not sure I could take Trey Turner. I almost feel like if I'm taking a bat in the first three or four rounds, he better hit 30 home runs. I love Trey Turner. I love the steals. But I'm a, I don't know how I feel about that until I actually do some mock drafts. That's one thing. Two, you're right. If you can get guys who have 20-20 potential, you want to do that as opposed to you, nobody wants to draft Malik Smith or D. Gordon. You just don't. Mm-hmm. You can't You can't afford it. Mm-hmm. I might have lost NL labor because I had Gerard Dyson on my roster all year, and he just didn't have any power. I needed that spot to mm-hmm. be a 30 home run guy or Joey Votto to, you know, not stink. I think um, that balancing your squad at the draft table is going to be so much important, more important much more than now. ever because mm-hmm. there's no steals. And then with pitchers, I don't necessarily have to get one of the guys in the top tier, the two Astros plus uh, DeGrom and uh, Scherzer. I don't have to get them, but I do feel I have to get two of the top 15 starters. 15, 18, something like that. Right. You it's, know, Charlie it's Morton more... and, and Walker Bueller, something like that. Right. It's, it's more important to address drafting a leading pitcher. Remember, in the past, we said you could wait and get the 30th pitcher and the 32nd and the 36th and the 38th, and one of them might break through as a top 10. No. That's not happening as no, much anymore. No. no. I, I, like, I'm, I'm looking at your pitcher starting pitcher rankings, and I feel pretty certain that 
I will get, I may not get one of the top four, but I'll get two of the top 20. Maybe even top like 18. Like you have Morton 17. That's kind of the line for me. Mm-hmm. So yes, I will be trying to do like Clevenger plus Corbin, something like that in round four or five. Yeah. In I terms of uh, digging up, though, the preseason, which is why we don't consider it essential that you get an ace, among the top 11 starting pitchers in ADP, Scherzer, granted, I, I'm not going to criticize Scherzer's season, but he did miss a chunk of time. Chris Sale, nope. Corey Kluber, Blake okay. Snell, Trevor Bauer, Noah Syndergaard, Carlos Carrasco. Oh, yeah. There were misses. There were yeah. lots of misses. I mean, injuries, you can't, you know, you can't predict some of this stuff. And but, some of the guys in the range that you were talking about were great values. Bueller, how do Corbin. you have? I wrote today, Zach Greinke is going to be in my top ten starters. You have him twenty three. Why? Mm. What are you scared of, dude? He's the number four starter for the season, and the, and it's all legit. And he's an Astro, and they have defense, and he gets enough strikeouts. I mean, we can table this for Monday, but man, that is a difference. You have him twenty three among starters, and I have him like nine or ten. Wow. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to. No, no, no. I I I think it's a fair. Kershaw, I would take him over Nola, over Corbin. Oh, over Kershaw? No way. Why? Why would you take? What are you? What's your problem with Granky? Next year's the year it falls apart. No, Uh, Granky beat Kershaw on the player radar this year, and it wasn't a fluke. So why would we not do that? Kershaw did not perform that badly on the player radar. I'm not saying he did, but Kershaw is the number 16 starter on the player radar for a reason. Okay, Mm -hmm. he is not the strikeout pitcher you think he is. It's basically close to Granky's rate. And Granky's number four now it wins. Okay, I'll give you that wins play a role here in Granky being the number four starter. But Kershaw's sixteen. That's not changing. No right. way. I'm taking Granky over Kershaw. Anyway, I we think, answered I the think question. In, in Granky's case, I'm looking at him at 180 Ks. I, I don't think he's the kind of guy who's going to fill with 225 plus. Um, and the range for me was like 14 to 23. I buy consistency. I'm pretty certain he's going to stay healthy and pitch like this next year, and better probably with Houston. Probably wins twenty two games next year, but that's it's okay for us to dis- disagree. I mean, that, I mean, I just don't get it. Um, let's move on. Gordon's question: Which half of the season is the Josh Bell we're looking at for twenty twenty? I hate having to pick two kind of extremes. I do I, too. It's not a good way of evaluating players. Um, I mean, looking at your rankings here, it's first half. It you've got if the I first have half. to pick, it's first half. Right. Um, but man, I, I don't, so you have him in between Rizzo and Goldschmidt. I might take him over Rizzo, but not have him higher overall than you do. That's fair. Yeah. Because of the, the, how you perceive the depth at first base. Right. Like first I'm, base is, is poor in the upper tiers, but extremely deep in the lower tiers. Right. There's a lot of guys there that you could see t- drafting and filling the spot. I'm not going to ignore Freddie Freeman in round one just because, oh, first base is deep. Or Pete Alonso in round three. Mm-hmm. But um, there's some guys. On, I mean, you're right. It's not as deep as normal. It really isn't. Okay. The Josh Bell uh, first half criticism would be that he had a, a 28.5% homer to fly ball rate. Which is unsustainable, even in this era, to some Especially degree. Especially in that park, it's unsustainable. Um, I'd be careful about Josh Bell. You know, I'm not assuming that it's like Jose Ramirez this year in the first half. I mean, I think Josh Bell's probably hurt. Does Josh Bell exceed either the batting average or the homer total from this year? No, next year? neither. You think he falls short of both? Yeah. I think he's going to be pretty darn close in batting average, but I'd agree with you on the homers. 
Now this from our friends at ZipRecruiter. Hiring can be a slow process. Cafe Altura COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. The ZipRecruiter does not depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers that post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at the web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash K-A-R-A-B-E-L-L. ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Connor writes, better keeper, Jordan Alvarez or Rafael Devers? We'll get into Alvarez on Monday, man. <laughs> I mean, I love him. I ranked him high, but that what you did is outstanding. But you got to say Devers here. Let's try to go quickly on some of these questions. Yes? I would think we have to have Devers, and I wish that my little report here came up quicker. But I mean, gonna... I thought about Devers in round one. I I think we're going to be looked at as nuts to rank him where you and I are going to. But I love the guy. 18th among, this has got to be, what, 500 players using StatCast's uh, average exit velocity at 92 miles per hour. The other one I wanted to give you was the miss rate. I'm going to bet that he grades very well. The combo of power and contact <laughs> this know. is a little like Juan Soto, who we all agree we love and have like borderline first round. Devers is kind of like the AL version, not quite the walk rate. I'm not going to say that, but I mean, I'm looking at the season player rater, and there's Yelich, Acuna, Bellinger, one, two, three. VR is number four because of the steals. Devers is five. He's ahead of Rendon, head of Arenado, head of Betts, Turner, Freeman. So I think ranking Devers with Freeman. Early round two, late round one is fine. I, I Soto yeah. is number nineteen for the season. Not a big base stealer, but fantastic young player who's going to get better. Juan Soto has a ceiling like almost no other. Three thirty, forty five home runs. Have you looked at uh, Juan Soto's zips projections? Oh, they must love him. They must love He's him. He's head and best shoulders in the best player in baseball yes. for next year and the year after. By a lot. I mean, uh, the hitting numbers, not defensively. I mean, right, we, right. No, he's can, a terrible defender. But. Right. The fantasy, the, the fantasy relevant rotisserie numbers. He's head and shoulders ahead of everybody else. I mean, it might be five steals or 15, but the batting, the safety and batting average with this guy, it's like Jeff McNeil like. Like, he's going to be great, Juan Soto. Right. And th- by the way, the Devers one I was looking at, he is, he's spot on the league average in terms of the miss rate when he swings. However, remember where he was at this point a year ago. So why, he was why, bad in this category. That's a huge jump. Juan Soto, Rafael Devers, Freddie Freeman, to me, all deserve the same like ranking for next year. Give me like, the three, yeah, three in order, then. Uh, mine, I think. I don't know if it's posted. I think it was Soto first, Freeman second, Devers third, maybe. But it might have been I, Devers ahead of Freeman. But like I had yeah. like ten, eleven, twelve, dude. I like they. Yeah. They're all in the same spot. Then I had the four starting pitchers ranked like thirteen to sixteen. Yep. Because I do that slowly. Um, slowly. I don't know if that's a word or not, but it should be. <laughs> I like it. Sillily. This show is sillily. 
This is a good question here, John. Not to John. be confused with soliloquy. Not to be confused with soliloquy, which is something we do on this show quite a bit, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm notorious for it. Along with me losing my voice like I'm going into puberty, it's hard to believe that my voice still sounds like this. But I, it's very unconventional the way I speak. John, what do you think of Frankie Montas next season? Hmm. Yeah, I wrote a little bit about that, too. I want to see, like, fine. I want to see 150 innings. We've never really seen that. So he'd have gotten there if he didn't have the suspension. He had, he would have, but I, like, I can't consider him a top 30 starting pitcher yet. And you didn't either. <laughs> the bias grabbed me initially when I put, put together the first, the first draft of this. Uh, I didn't want to rank him remotely generously. I wanted to consider him a late round pick if that, and then I look closer at him and I, there's a lot to like, I, I could make you the case. He's a top 30 starting pitcher. I could too. I won't. It's 96 innings and 16 starts. There's going to be a cap on him. I see but no he, But he wasn't injured. This is not like somebody we're worried about injury risk. Like it's we, workload, and they're a sabermetric team. There's no way he's getting to 180 innings. No I know, way. but like the fact that you have him so much behind, as an example, Domingo Herman, who I would say, we don't really – do we really trust him? That's yeah, all feel, wins. I feel a little different about Domingo Herman today compared to yesterday. I don't know about you. Uh, well, what happened between today and yesterday? He's, He's suspended for the entirety of the remainder of the postseason. Well, I, I kind of assumed that, and, I, we, and this is not our job to get into that stuff. I just, I would, I would have Montas ahead of Herman. I, I think there's more upside than there is with like Zach Gallen. Um, there's, oh, you have Matthew Boyd and Robbie Ray consecutively, and that's one of the questions that lay at uh, yeah. AFL. Yeah. And I took Ray, and you ranked Boyd one spot ahead. Yeah, I could have gone either way. It's a lot of strikeouts. Ultimately, it comes down to one is on a team that should win more than loses next year, and the other is on a hundred loss team again. I like the Gallon throw here for for Montas. I don't though. see ceiling on Gallon. I see ceiling on Montas, and I'm willing to take that chance in round seventeen. And I I like that approach. I think I think you're dead on here. Is that they they probably deserve somewhat similar rankings. Montas's ceiling is definitely higher. But what I like about Gallon is I think he's going to be pretty close to the projection. Aaron writes, can Daniel Murphy rebound next year or is it time to permanently move on? That's not a good year that Daniel Murphy had. Not even close to it. Let me see if I can even find him on the player reader. <laughs> 33 at second base. Oh, how terrible. And there's no reason that, like, the Rockies just make a lot of bad decisions. There was no reason to believe that Daniel Murphy would have stayed healthy for 150 games. Can't do it. Especially coming off that knee issue. Um, now, if people projected him to bat 320, that's just insane. But 13 home runs in, in like almost 500 PA, that's awful. At, at Coors with this baseball? How could Daniel Murphy not hit 30 home runs this season? No, one of the ways is that his quality of contact is not especially good. So is he done? Done is what? Done is what he was before? Yeah, I think so. Is he draftable next year? That's done. <laughs> is he dra- do you even even use a draft pick on him, or late in the draft do you say, "Huh, I see Daniel Murphy here, and he kind of stunk, and Coors is one thing." Would I don't I re- think and he's, he's first base only. He can't even play second next year. Right. That's one of the things that's that's a strike against him. I don't think he's going to totally Orioles Chris Davis it. Uh, I think no, but like I would take. Wouldn't you take Michael Chavez or Daniel Vogelbach over him? Probably, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm thinking even later than that in the draft, but 
and, and maybe that's not the 10 teams, it's the 12 teams. I do think he still deserves to be on that. I'll take him at the end to fill the position and figure it out later. Just because of the contact ability, the floor isn't terrifying. For, for Vogelbach, the floor is terrifying. All true. Here's a question from John. What do we, what do we expect for Andrew Heaney next year? We've seen good and bad from Andrew yeah. Heaney. Yeah. Um, You've got him. You got him nowhere near the top fifty starters. Um, I, I don't know. I want to believe. I want to believe too, and I, I might rank him a little better than you. But like again, like he can't be. He's almost. Is he worth drafting? Yeah, he's worth drafting. But in your rankings, he's not. But like, like would you draft Dallas Keuchel or Andrew Heaney? And my point would be, with Heaney, there's at least a ceiling for strikeouts, right? And then we don't know where Keuchel's going to be. But we know what Keuchel is at this point. It's fine. Safe ERA and whip. Very little chance of him porcelloing us. Okay? But, like, with an awful ERA. And by the way, Rick Porcello is absolutely ending up on the Phillies next season just because of Kyle. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm just telling you right now. That's the most obvious free agent signing of this offseason is the analytically driven and dumb Phillies giving Rick Purcell three years and sixty million. I'm telling you it's gonna happen. And then we come back in March, if we come back in March, and I say, Yep, that's my number two starter, Rick Porcello. Oh because Kyle no. wished it upon me. Oh no. Um Oh, that's just so you're right. Am I right or not? No, I. Uh, yeah, I could see it. Oh, three-year deal. Oh man, I'm so. Oh, Hopefully bad not three. One-year yeah. deal, eighteen one, million. He's uh, going to need to have one of those one-year rebound type contracts. Oh my God. Yeah. By the way, the Heaney thing, just to give it, it's just the injury <laughs> question. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's going to end up on my team, and I deserve it. I deserve having that guy on my team because I keep no. talking. Why do nice... you deserve it? Why do you deserve it? Look, is he an upgrade on Zach Eflin, Vince Velasquez, and Nick Pavetta? Yeah, probably bounce back. Look, you give him a decent baseball, ERA four fifty. That's that's my number two oh, starter geez. on my team. Um, thank you so much. I'm looking at the Twitter replies here, and I don't know if I see any more questions, but like people chiming in, like Josh Furler. I've listened to these guys for years and not even for fantasy advice. I honestly just love hearing them talk about baseball and chicken parmesan. A truly enjoyable pod. Thank you so much. We didn't really talk a lot of chicken parm, mainly because you just ruined our friendship by liking eggplant parm. I, if, if you eat eggplant parm in Arizona, you're flying back by yourself. Oh, no. I, why would I get eggplant parm in, unless it was, unless we went to a place that was known for their eggplant parm? Why would I do that? We're not going to a place known for their eggplant parm. What are you nice? Right, that's what I mean. I I'm eating you. bacon on the first day and the second day and the third day. You can oh. have eggplant parm. Oh, I'll definitely have the bacon. If we're, if it's a, a parm type place, though, I told you the parm rules are: if you want to know how good the place is, you get the chicken parm. You screw up the chicken yes. parm, the place is terrible. You got to get the chicken parm right. Anyway, right. lots of tweets here from people, and I'm sure I could find them more if, if, if the other sport <laughs> wasn't clouding up. And, and you posting Simpsons gifs. Um, What's wrong with that? Yeah, I, I can't find anything. I was just saying, Boo Earns. Come on. <laughs> I was saying booers. Anyway, it's not our last show, so why am I doing this? Um, we're done for this week. We think we're coming back Monday. Thank you very much to Troy Farkas, who did a great job producing our show. When we had no producer, thank you very much, Troy. Best thank of you, luck. Troy. 
We know you don't play fantasy, but, you know, and maybe this show may won't drive you in that direction, <laughs> but at least have a chicken palm tonight. Tom Carpenter is probably there silently getting ready for our hoops mock draft today. I'm very versatile, Tristan. I now have rankings for three major sports yeah! on my desktop. And one of these days, I'm going to send in my football ranks, and it's going to have, you know, Carl Anthony Towns at number one. <laughs> so <laughs> I apologize to whoever's editing on that. I, I apologize to you for having you having to deal with that spreadsheet of those ranks. I hope you don't have to deal with that for the Just, 300 basketball. No, uh, no oh. basketball was easy. I went through that in like four minutes. Oh, wait, don't tell Tom that. Anyway, that's all for today's show. Um, <laughs> we'll be back on Monday. Have an awesome – and good luck in all your leagues. Have an awesome weekend. Everything is awesome. Darkness!